Bangor Worldwide has been promoting and supporting World Mission for over 85 years. Our podcasts are free of charge. You can find out more about us at www.worldwidemission.org. We hope you enjoy this talk. Thank you very much. It's very good to be with you at the Bangor Missionary Convention. Uh, And that uh, hype that you've just had is not quite what you're going to get, uh, but uh, it is an introduction to some of it. Uh, I think one of the things that I want to say to us tonight, to us who live here in Northern Ireland, in Holy Ulster, uh, is that we need to waken up. Because I think we are sleepwalking into a situation where we are not recognizing what has been happening around us philosophically, uh, in the minds of ordinary people, how they're changing, uh, and in the world in which we live. And so we keep doing our religious thing, especially people like me dressed as I am like a bishop. Right? You keep doing the religious thing. And the inclination is to keep doing the same thing. It's the sign of madness, isn't it? You know, you do, do the same thing that didn't work before, thinking it's going to work this time because it's the only way we know how to do it. And I think from what I've seen from your program that one of the things you've had the opportunity of doing or thinking about at one stage during this week uh, is how Bangor was actually a center for evangelism in the known world and especially in the Europe of the 6th century. When people like Columbanus and Gaul and Comgaul, who are remembered still in this town, went out into what was a relatively darkened Europe and transformed that Europe for the gospel. And I suppose what had happened, at least what I like to think had happened, is that Patrick, when he came came to Ireland, created in us a kind of DNA of mission. His mission and the mission of his followers were so successful because he both understood us and confronted us at the same time. And that little bit from Acts chapter 17 is in my mind. I'm going to just read it. So Paul, standing, verse 22, in the midst of the Areopagus said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in every way you're very religious. They weren't atheists. For as I passed along and observed the objects of your worship, I found also an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. What therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you. He started from where they were at. He started by explaining what their philosophers had said, what they already believed. And then he goes on to say, the God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. Now, I think the essence of mission and the essence of evangelism is to know the culture in which we are situated or to which we are called, 
to understand that culture, to be able to speak into that culture, and also in the nicest but firmest possible way to live differently to that culture and to challenge that culture with the truth of the gospel. And what I want to say to you, and this is where the atheism bit comes in, uh, in this diocese of Down and Dromore in which uh, you're situated at the moment, in the Diocese of Down and Dromore, we are having a year of 24-7 prayer in preparation for a year of mission in 2015. And as we have set about doing that, some things have come together which have been very enlightening. Uh, one of them is that we decided, because we work with geographical boundaries, each parish has a geographical boundary, we decided to get someone from the University of Ulster to geomap those boundaries. Do you know what that means? To drop in all the information from the 2011 census into the boundaries of the parishes so that when I went round the parishes, I was able to say to them, do you know how many people are living in your parish who are Church of Ireland or Presbyterians or Catholics or whatever it may be? And the truth is, in most places, they didn't really. They didn't. And one of the most revealing sets of figures which was so surprising that there was a full-page article with this at the center of it in the Irish Times. Because the Irish census in the Republic and the UK census happened in the same year, 2011. And the article said this, Do you know where the areas are in Ireland? Not Northern Ireland, in Ireland. Do you know where the areas are that have the largest percentage of people who self-describe as no religion on a census? Now, interestingly enough, I had been observing our chap doing the geomapping, and I went up to the room and said, if I press that button, I can show you the areas that have the largest percentage. For example, he just said of no religion. I said, you don't have to show me. I'm going to tell you. North down. And it was dark red. This area has 21% of people who describe themselves in a census as no religion. The second highest area is Carrickfergus. The third is Newton Ards. Two of them are in the area that I'm bishop, and the third I was curate in. <laughs> but it's nothing to do with me. <laughs> and what I want to say to you is this. Waking up, look at Western Europe. We are not somehow or other in some kind of hermetically sealed bubble in Northern Ireland. We have thought ourselves to be like that. We have thought that we could somehow protect ourselves from the philosophical changes of the Western world round about us and that we could somehow keep ourselves safely and securely in churches where we're talking to people who agree with us and say the same kinds of things. And while we have been doing it, the world is going to hell in a handcart. Isn't that right? It's true. 
Now, a lot of those people who describe themselves as no religion are not necessarily atheists. I couldn't tell you what percentage are atheists, though many of them may well be. A lot of them in the last census would have described themselves as Church of Ireland or Presbyterian because they wouldn't have allowed themselves the freedom to say no religion, but the soft centre that we thought was somehow the preserve of nominalism in our churches has moved to a place where we say, actually, really, honestly, to be truthful with you, we're really nothing. We don't believe anything, or none of it makes sense to us. And I just wonder, is it true that especially here in Northern Ireland, we have been so good at sending missionaries to all different parts of the world. Goodness me, we're connected in our diocese with South Sudan. And I was in Meridian, South Sudan, a couple of years ago, and we were opening a school that we'd been involved in funding called Haddo Primary School. And I didn't know, even though I'd been there twice before, that that man, Haddo, had gone from Oma to South Sudan, down the Nile, had lived there for two years, contracted, I think, malaria or something like that, and died, but had been the first person to bring the gospel to that place. And you can see it all over the place. You can't go anywhere without meeting somebody from Ireland. I went into St. Paul's Cathedral three or four Sundays ago. I was in London, sat down. Two ladies came and sat beside me. There were about two or three hundred people in the congregation for Evensong. At the end of the service, the, the younger of the two women turned around and said, you're Harold Miller, aren't you? I thought, goodness me, you can't go, can't go anywhere. We have done it really well. We have an instinct like those Bangor saints. We have an instinct to go into the world with the gospel. People will do that. But I don't know that we really have analyzed our own culture. I don't know that we really believe what the truth of the situation is. Let me give you one example. We have lost the working classes in all our churches. And we haven't even taken the time to sit down and notice that it's happening. Same happens with children and young people, doesn't it, in many churches? You know, they, they gradually get smaller and we don't... We don't look at it. We don't believe it. Then they get smaller and smaller and smaller. I was preaching in a, in a Methodist church in England recently, and I noticed that there were no children. There were only 20 adults. It was Methodist and Anglicans together, actually. And I said to the woman minister who was in her 80s, I said, what's it like in the rest of the circuit? She said, just the same as here. I said, where are the children? She said, what are children? We never see children. Now, we need to actually look at the facts in front of us. So that, for example, my mother grew up in Sandy Row. And in those days, everybody went to church. Everybody knew what denomination they were. Because in Ireland, in Northern Ireland, unlike England, we didn't lose the working classes until the 1960s, 70s, and 80s. Through the time of the Troubles. And we have areas right beside where we have thriving middle-class churches. And you know what? We don't even prioritize them. 
we don't know how to do church in them. So I have started in my own diocese as a church planting fund, and we have planted three new churches already this year. One in Money Ray, one in the Branual, and one in the Glen in Newton Arts. Now, you wouldn't know they were churches. You know, there aren't pews, and there aren't organs, and there aren't robes, and there aren't prayer books, and there aren't things like that. There are settees, and there's coffee, and there's, you know, and, and you, you start where people are at. And they'll come first to, to youth groups and things like that rather than church. But if we don't actually observe what is going on around us and place it before the Lord and say, now, Lord, how do we speak or how do we train people to speak into a culture like this in ways that are relevant to our generation and relevant to each person's need and understanding and situation, we will lose the plot. I was very moved by singing Great is Thy Faithfulness. We had it as Liz came in when we were married 40 years ago, so maybe that was what it was. But there was a line that, uh, that struck me as Jonathan was playing, there is no shadow of turning with thee. And in my heart I say, yes, Lord, that is true. But you know, Lord, everything else changes. Everything else changes, but thank God we have a great God who gives us the security to actually face into the real world in which we live and to be able to allow all the Christian culture and all the things that no longer matter and all the things that no longer work. Let all those things change. You know, some people want them, let them have them. But if they're not bringing the gospel in a meaningful way into a new generation and we don't change, we'll actually find that our candlestick is removed. I also want to say a word of thanks just as I finish because, uh, interestingly, coming to the convention uh, this week, for the first time actually, we have a Bible week uh, usually during this week in the diocese. This year it's next week in Willowfield Church with four young leaders speaking. But uh, I was talking to a young girl who's training for the ministry in Dublin for the Church of Ireland Ministry. And uh, she came in to interview me about a, a, a thesis she was doing for her master's degree. And she said, I said, and where did you spend the summer? She said, I spent the summer in Palestine in Bethlehem. And uh, I did my placement there, and it was wonderful with Palestinian Christians. And I said, what made you think of that? She said, I went last year to the Bangor Worldwide Missionary Convention. And there was somebody talking about that and how we need to really be understanding and relating to the Christians in Palestine. And uh, she was singing the praises of this convention to me. And may the Lord bless you. But... Uh, we need to actually begin to think differently about mission at home. And that begins by understanding the culture so that we can bring the gospel in a new way to it, as did all the best missionaries in the world. Thank you. 
We trust you've enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to make a donation to support the work of Bangor Worldwide, please visit www.worldwidemission.org slash donate.